Ooh. Happy Friday. All right. Let me just invite my guest for today. How are y'all doing? It's 8 p.m. right now in Mexico. Hi. Hi. <laughs> wow, you came on so quick. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like it takes a few minutes for people to be like ah i can't find it or like it's not working this no i was like, <laughs> that's amazing i am a very punctual individual unless i'm in toronto and then then somehow <laughs> seems to completely go out of the window <laughs> definitely understand definitely understand. here let me just adjust this really quick okay perfect well, it's so weird because it's nighttime where I am right now, and I'm looking at you, and I'm like, <laughs> the sun is like the sun's behind you. Well, so it actually just started to brighten up. It was like raining all day or all week actually, and then um, like all morning it was really sunny. And literally five minutes before this, it's just it's bright again. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's a good sign, huh? The sun came up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the world is blessing. <laughs> but yeah, what's what's going on with Mexico? It looks beautiful. Like, it's a just, it's a really oh. cool area. It's an area that they I guess a few years ago they started like developing, so it's almost like one of the new hot places in Mexico yeah. right now. But it still has that feel of being like authentic Mexico, you know, not like yeah version of yeah. It. So it's really cool. yeah. I've never been to Mexico. It's always been on my list, but mm. it's just I don't know. Too many places to go in the world. <laughs> you know what? That's. I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about this more because I believe you <laughs> lived in several places, and I really want yeah. to one as well. And even now, like you're living in in Australia, which yeah, yeah, which I honestly I did not expect to come here. I mean, I guess that was. I, well, I wanted to say, um, you know, I'm really happy you're doing this because it made me think in the first, I guess, shift, one of the shifts I had was actually just a conversation I had with an Australian girl living in Toronto. And we met randomly at an art gallery. Um, and she was, uh, yeah, she'd been only in Toronto for a year or so. And I was, I was talking to her just randomly. And I was like, I really have the strong desire to go to New Zealand. And she was like, oh, like, let's just have a coffee and chat about what that desire is, you know, like, and, and she's like, I, I'd love to just chat to you about, like, my own story and what brought me to Toronto. And I swear to God, that was the inspiration for me to start looking abroad. And, you know, I didn't even think I was going to come to Australia. <laughs> and, like, the universe basically just sent me sign after sign. And I was like, okay, I'll just come here. I'll I'll see what's going on in the other side of the world, basically. So you're literally talking yeah. like right in, <laughs> like right <laughs> into. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Like that, <laughs> that you just said. I love that. Okay, so before we get to that, there's just like a brief little introduction <laughs> for anybody <laughs> watching right now. We just started talking like in the middle of a conversation, going deep right away, which I love. I this is my kind of conversations. I love it. 
Um, but just to back to backtrack, I'll let you. I'll let you do your normal sort of hosting. And I'm so sorry. This is so working to social worker talking right now. It's, it's like let's go it. to the deepest part of our souls. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, so for those, anybody watching this live or watching this later on, um, this is just part of the Shift Happen series, which is pretty much just me having conversations with people from all walks of life, doing all sorts of things, but things that aren't necessarily, I don't want to say normal, but things that are not, yeah, not quite normal, things that are not the norm, um, but things that people would also want to do but are scary to do so i'm having conversation with people just who i feel are the evidence of experiencing something maybe several somethings that kind of pushed them or shifted them in a way where they didn't have a choice but to follow whatever that was but to do whatever that was or to become that person whatever it is my belief is that these we have these shifts we have these opportunities every single moment of every day mm -hmm. But when we pay, when we are not paying attention, we don't catch them. But to be able to create the space and the grace with yourself to start becoming aware of these moments and allowing them to shift you, because you never know what door that might open. You never know how that might lead to you living a different life, a life that you couldn't even have allowed yourself to imagine. So that's the whole gist of it. <laughs> the very dry explanation, right? <laughs> It's beautiful. It's such a great idea. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So today's guest is uh, Jane. Jade, you explained this to me that Jade is your Chinese name. Yeah. So it's the so literal translation. Yeah. So it's the literal translation of my Chinese name. But um, my, my parents, when they came to Canada, didn't obviously speak English. 100%. Um, so it wasn't until many years later that I learned that my all my birth certificate is says Jane. Uh, so really kind of bland English name. Um, but uh, that my actual translation translation is Jade. And so I sort of, I guess, have gone through these like multiple iterations of my of my name where um, you know, when I was younger, I had no choice and people would just call me Jane, you know, like at school, the institutions in my life, they all just what what was on your birth certificate is your name, allegedly. Mm -hmm. And then I got to high school and I was like, Jane, it's kind of boring. So I want to spice it up. <laughs> so I added a Y in there. It was J-A-Y-N-E. And so, um, yeah people everyone in my life you know they accepted that that was my preferred way of re referring to myself um spelling my name and then in my 20s I went back to just Jane it was just this weird like <laughs> I had this whole revelation that you know um there was like a lot of kind of tragedy going on in my life mm -hmm. and I just felt like I needed to embrace like the most raw part of me which is who I always was as a child but I never actually I guessed really kind of was really sat with so I went back to Jane 
And then I came here and then I was like, well, I should actually just give people the option of what they want to call me. So <laughs> whenever I meet people, I, I, I tell them, you know, um, you can call me Jane, you can call me Jade, you can call me Jane with a Y or without a Y. And it just always ends up with the same reaction. People are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is your name? <laughs> like, it's so fascinating to me. Yeah, but it's it's just sort of like it's I I think the most fa I mean I I don't know sort of like trolling on my part <laughs> mm. because the reactions that people have it's just it completely in that second like it goes against I guess what conventionally or institutionally they've been brought up to think like one people have one name and their name you know doesn't embody their their history per, per se mm -hmm. like history ancestrally but also you know who they were as a person progressing through their life yeah. um and then then they when they're given a choice they're like okay what's on your birth certificate what's on your passport they go to these legal legalese ways of referring to themselves and i'm like is that respectful to the person like is that respectful to your own yourself your own agency the choice that you have towards how you relate to other people so anyways that's my whole spiel about why i have many names and my partner actually funnily enough has the same problem <laughs> so you know it's it's a thing that i think we have to be a little bit more considerate of in terms of how people i mean we start to do it now with pronouns and stuff right, yeah well but just but even you know, that is so even that is so not the norm and a lot of people are having difficulties accepting yeah that, being like yeah that, which to me makes no sense i'm like why does it matter like why does this yeah really because you're used to certain things and it's like oh this is different okay cool it's different but like this, yeah, how does that yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> like why are you so stuck and like i just i can't it just uh, people are no like how does this actually affect your life <laughs> yeah exactly that's what it should always come down to how does this affect your life and that's, yes. that's what you've got to think about that's all but oh, yeah love that also it's not yeah. interesting like i know we briefly talked about it before when you're like oh i like taking people the choice and you you briefly just mentioned like it's your chinese name and yeah so the fact that you just explained it perfectly i'm well <laughs> like that's so yeah. beautiful well, I just, I, I also just think it's, it's funny that, um, I think it's reflective of, I guess, this sort of like tension culturally, like, of, I, I don't know, I don't want to say, I think, okay, so my partner, and I, he's, um, he's French Canadian, and he was born and raised in many parts of the world, like he was he lived in Germany for a while. His mom's Polish, so he has that sort of kind of cultural influence in his life. Um, but then he came back to Canada and he grew up um, in Kingston, so a small town. Um, but, you know, his dad's French-Canadian. So he's he's got this, like, you know, kind of multicultural, you know, upbringing. And same with me. My parents are Shanghainese, so they're from China originally. So at home, I was very much imbued with, like, the Chinese culture. But at school, you know, it was very Anglo. Like, I think that's that that was for us, I guess, sort of the tension of trying to navigate these like really Anglo worlds yeah. um, and constantly being told, like, this is what you're this is what you're supposed to be. And, you know, for me, it was it was like 
I just never had that opportunity growing up to really embrace like my Chinese self, my Chinese heritage, unless I was at home in the privacy of my own home, then it was like, it was okay. But I think that it was the same for him. Like, you know, his, his birth certificate says John Paul, like this really anglicized version of his name, but at home, his dad calls him Jean Paul, or, you know, he's named after, (laughs) he's named after a very French name and people just, can't get their heads around it like they can't get their heads around that fact he has two names that are very similar but they have very different cultural undertones and it's just yeah I think it's just fascinating that that are that are names that are our bodies our names can have this cultural tension to it anyway sorry it's very deep (laughs) (laughs) no it it is but again like this is this is amazing I love it because you touch you touch on something that's so profound too where you're talking about the cultures and for a lot of people and I definitely can relate I was born in Haiti and I was raised in the states I was raised in Florida and Georgia which is like the south I had a very southern Baptist upbringing yeah I moved to Canada when I was 19 a few days before my 20th birthday actually and you know the different cultures right like I experienced cultures and I get the name thing too because it's the same thing for me funny enough with my middle (laughs) name (laughs) yeah so I create so K-A-Y is actually not my middle name it's just yeah yeah right I actually took that upon myself because I felt like it fit me better but like on my birth certificate that's not my middle name (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that's so funny so, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's great that I think that's, I guess, you know, we're talking about a shift. That's a little thing that everyone has the, is empowered to do in their everyday life. Absolutely. What do you want people to call you? <laughs> you know, what does that name mean to you? Um, what does that name reflect about your family history, about your own personal journey in life? So, yeah, I think it's just these you're right there's these opportunities in our everyday lives that we could just shift how we perceive ourselves and how the world wants because the world's always trying to impose you know ideologies (laughs) on you you gotta rebel (laughs) in any way you have if it's your name then it's your name (laughs) (laughs) no but you called it you called it and i think that's something that i'm seeing more and more just everywhere around the world people are questioning things people are going yeah that's always been done this way but first of all why when maybe there is a more efficient way maybe there is a way that is more inclusive (laughs) yeah so like why do we keep doing certain things in certain ways we still have that mindset of you know like or i want to dive deeper into like that mindset this is what the the phase that i'm in right now in my life where i'm really diving Mm -hmm. into that into seeing the world as almost like a system that was already put in place a very long time ago that mm-hmm. has not grown as we've all been evolving and growing and now to look mm-hmm. at the system and go okay what are the ways in which i'm going along with the system <laughs> mm-hmm. that i'm not checking yeah. myself you know that i'm not checking with myself first to realize yeah. like okay so why do i do that oh because it's always been done this way but why yeah 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 and i think yeah absolutely i think i think we need to all take um more time in in doing that sort of that contemplative self-reflective things in our life um and that's i think that's where so i meditate a lot (laughs) 
like a lot, a lot. Um, and I've only started doing it. It's probably actually been seven, eight years that I started doing it, but um, I just can't live without it because it's that it's that opportunity where, you know, I can actually sit with my sort of everyday actions and in question like what what are the sources of this this anxiety that i have within me or this the sense of depression that i'm feeling and most of the time it's because i just haven't accepted like there's a part of me that you know hasn't been nurtured enough yeah. and it's always because i have this feeling that i want to do something that the world's telling me to do yeah. instead of actually being like oh wait a second there's there's sort of like an unfulfilled i guess self need within myself that i'm not actually spending time nurturing and it only ever comes up when i meditate like it just if i don't meditate i start to i guess get lost in that rat race or you know whatever you want to call it but it's only with meditation and like dedicated time You know, journaling too is a good way yeah. of doing that. Yeah, so having a practice where you're able to check in with yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely cool sign. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it yeah. honestly pers- and I always tell people because people have this hesitation of meditation. I've been meditating on and off my whole life. When I was like a little mm. child, like for some reason, I started like meditating, which is so weird to even think about like a little Haitian girl just like <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's, a fa- it's a mango tree not a fig tree that you're meditating and found in like <laughs> exactly but i've been doing it enough my whole life and whenever i would um suggest it to people people would tell me like oh i'm having this issue this and that and i would tell them like have they ever tried meditating like try meditating mm-hmm. but there's always that like um no it's not really my thing or like no i can't mm-hmm. and i'm always just kind of like <laughs> you know and i've been doing this for years mm-hmm. but also what i realized is the whole point for me of meditation is to be able to have that practice to be able to have that almost like that muscle that's so strong that you always need to think about you can use that muscle right so when like you said mm-hmm. when you're going on that you're like wait wait what's going on here where is the anxiety coming from so for me i always tell people that the whole point of a meditation practice is to also help you be in a meditative state at all moments so that you're able to mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing instead of just mm-hmm. just going and that's it you're able to be present you're able to use that moment as a meditative state mm-hmm. and it's to me that's what Absolutely. it is and one Absolutely. of the best ways that i do this is funny enough is doing the dishes by hand like washing mm-hmm. the dishes by hand is like my thing and it puts that's, me in a meditative state so quick yeah it is it is very meditative there's <laughs> this buddhist um teacher he's quite famous his name is tiknot han mm-hmm. um and he does i'm, I'm you're not so i guess you do <laughs> heard of him yeah but that's one of his practices and one of his practices is when you're doing the dishes are you just doing the dishes or are you thinking about a conversation or an argument or a past memory and i still to this day i have I have problems like just doing the dishes. I'm always, you know, um, you know, thinking about my to-do list or whatever. But you're right. It's it's that the capacity to just check in with ourselves and we don't we don't nurture it enough. Um, and whatever works for people, I think is what they should 
they should go with you know if if you can be meditative only when you're running then just be a runner you know jog the hell out of <laughs> your life or whatever but whatever helps you to sit and and or just be with yourself yeah then, then go for it yeah 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 that's always that's something yeah. else i always tell people too that it's, it's not like there's different ways of accessing this there's different ways of yeah for yourself right because this is something else that i'm seeing around a lot where it's like people with good intentions people who really want to you know they have good intentions they they're coming from pure heart not realizing that they're actually doing more harm by saying you know this is the only way of doing something this is the yeah way, you know so yeah finding people like no like just that thinking alone for somebody to actually believe this as truth is to me perpetuating how the system is and keeping that going so i love to remind people like it's what feels good for you what are you being called mm -hmm. to is it even dancing can be a bit like you said running dancing whatever it is just whatever mm -hmm. activity mm -hmm. that you're doing with yourself yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's I, so when I started, I guess, meditating, um, I think that was one of the things that for the longest time bothered me is I was this, this idea of like, you have to have a teacher, like you have to have a guru. Mm. And so I went through this long period where I was so attached to this idea of like, I need to find my guru. <laughs> like I need a teacher and I need, because you know, you read about this, yeah, very experienced meditators always they have like one or two teachers that I guess were kind of their 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 go-to people mm -hmm. in their meditation past and becoming you know the guru that they are today and so I was so attached to this idea of like I must have a guru <laughs> and then it got to I don't know now I just had this this shift recently of like oh my god everything is my teacher <laughs> like, everything is teaching me something and I don't need one voice of authority in my life it's you know from my dog who teaches me like like just being gentle in nature and you know it's from doing the dishes or it's from even just having access to different teachings from different traditions not just buddhism but you know the yogic tradition or you know more i guess new agey stuff just just different teachings that you you resonate with mm -hmm. and i'm like that's the teacher that the teacher is in the present moment and whatever resonates with you and so i love that you brought it up because i think you know we still get so attached to this idea of we have one voice of authority in our lives mm -hmm. um you know we can only have one teacher or mm -hmm. um yeah i just we just get attached to this idea of like singularity without realizing that the, the the most profound experiences, the best shifts we have in our life is through diversity and plurality. So, yeah. Mm, I, oh, that was so beautiful. I couldn't have said that better. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. Um, so I have the bottom, just as I have the bottom part of my screen um, covered, just so I'm not distracted. <laughs> when people comment, <laughs> so they come on. So if you, ever, if you see me just like looking weirdly, that's what I was just like, making sure that it's covered properly because I, I see yeah, like, no it. So if you see me just going like really <laughs> weird. <laughs> 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 all good, all good, girl. 
All right. So, like, oh, I love this conversation. We dove right in. I love that. Love that. Um, so, speaking of the shifts, so you briefly mentioned in the beginning the shift that kind of um, led you on the path to where you are now in terms of you being uh, in Australia right now. Um, so, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing there or like a little bit more into the mm. steps. <laughs> From this shift, because you mentioned that it was a girl that's from Australia that lives in Toronto that you end up having a coffee with, and she just told you her story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she was... Uh, well, I think one of the things that she told me that I guess I really took away from our coffee chat was um, she said the she had this, like, amazing life in Australia. She had the perfect job. She had the perfect boyfriend. And yet something was calling to her to leave it all behind. And, you know, on the surface, like, that's crazy. And that's how sort of what my life was in Toronto. Like, I had a job. I had, you know, I had good friends. I didn't have the perfect relationship, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I had you know, a very good life, a very comfortable life. And yet something kept on calling to me of like, you have to go somewhere else. You have to challenge yourself. And so one thing she said to me in our coffee chat was, the idea of staying in Australia was more scary than the idea of leaving everything behind. Mm. And I was like, that was, yeah, that was, that was that moment of like, <laughs> like, I've got to go, like, I've got to get my shit together. I've got to figure out, I've got to face, I guess, the unknown. I've got to face like uh, uh, something that I've, I think would never think of doing except for this idea that, you know, I knew that if I stayed in Toronto any longer, um, that I would just be boxed into just a certain upward path, you know, I would have become, and that's not to say the people that are doing that, because I know people in Toronto that are, did, did the career progression thing, and now their managers or their senior, you know, senior officials or whatever, were really good lawyers, and that's great, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them, because yeah. I, I assume that that's, what call them in life but um but it was it was that exactly it was that the fear of knowing that my life would stagnate after three years and that I would just be beholden to I guess a routine or beholden to you know always trying to repress something in me scared me more than the idea of like oh my god I'm going to go to a country where I don't know anyone <laughs> where I don't have a job where you know at least they speak English I've got that <laughs> but <laughs> but it was it was really that it was just this idea of like what what scares me more you know the 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 fear of having I don't know just having conventionality or is it the fear of actually novelty and mm -hmm. it, it was it was the fear of staying behind it was the fear and it's it's actually I think something that the last time I went back to T Toronto in 2019 um, before the pandemic so <laughs> haven't been able to go back but that's one thing I noticed is you know I really, if I, if I had stayed, I don't think I would have grown as a person. I don't think I would have um, been able to learn so many new things about myself. And I don't know, it's just hard. It's hard to sum in like, you know, a 10 minute chat or something, but it's really just been 
an extraordinary experience. And so the next step after we had that coffee chat was like, all right, get my shit together, you know, get my visa, <laughs> get, uh, get some money saved up because who knows how long I'll be here without any money, you know, uh, maybe start networking with like some professionals in Australia, just on LinkedIn and everything else. I was, I was just like, I need to have faith. That's it. Yeah. I just need to have faith that even if I end up going there only for a year and it falls apart and I come back to Canada without any money, uh, at least I can say to myself, you know, I, I tried. I tried something new. I tried something that really scares me, but I actually tried. So, yeah, that was, that was my impetus. <laughs> I love that you said that, even if you came back a year after that you were still tell yourself you would still recognize and acknowledge the fact that you tried. I think mm. a lot of people are so focused or they, they hesitate so much on doing something different, doing something new, not just for the fear of, I don't know what exactly I'm going to be doing and I need to trust the unknown, but also the fear of what if I fail, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that keeps a lot yeah. of people from even taking that step because they're like, well, what if I fail? So why even try? There's no such thing as failure. <laughs> there's no such thing as failure if you're I guess you're real with yourself and you also give yourself space to have something to fall back on like I'm lucky enough that I know if if everything fails I could go back to Canada and I'm, I'm privileged that I have family there who will take me in and I'm privileged that I have friends that I still stay in touch with that I could you know always crash on their couch or something mm -hmm. but it, it it is you know there was never this sense of like there's never a sense of I'm going to fail or there's never a fear of I'm going to fail. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe because I didn't let myself have that. <laughs> also just really, I think I just didn't want to define what failure was because what, what is it even like, what is failure? What does it mean to fail? It just means you tried. So <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't really, I just, I didn't think I gave myself the, uh, the opportunity because it would have just led to so much self doubt and, and probably would have never left honestly but that's exactly why i think so many people don't because it, they do mm. not eat them up and i think to show because like i i, I felt felt numerous times i've tried things that didn't work out the way that i wanted them to work out <laughs> don't be mm -hmm. bringing up this <laughs> you know <laughs> and i share these things with people and they're always kind of like mm -hmm. oh but it's almost like they're shocked right there's like oh but in their minds it's like no like you 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 succeed at things like you're you succeed at everything yeah. who you are yeah and i yeah. love shattering that box or that pedestal that people put me on <laughs> i love just like shattering it just to show that like it's an illusion there's no such thing <laughs> just take yeah. it off of that it doesn't exist <laughs> yeah you know? i mean like what is, what is it to succeed like why do you have to always succeed when you do something why can't you just be happy <laughs> that you tried Yep. And you probably have learned something in that process. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, I love that. And I wish more people would consider this too. Because again, like I, so I did coaching and mentorship, right? And this is something that comes mm. up a lot. And again, I have to shout out that box. So I'm all just kind of like, hey, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like there's no such thing. The culture, the society that we were all in, the community, whatever it is that you, people you're around, 
are mm -hmm. keeping this idea going. So even though you feel like something's not quite right with it, because mm -hmm. we don't feel that, we know. Like, there's something within us that just knows, you know, as much as we try to... Exactly. Like, hide it. Or like, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. There's something there. Yeah. And as yeah. as you, you know, you're trying to ignore that, like, it's still going to be there. And as long, as long as you are able to take the time and actually look at it, you realize yeah. all of the illusions, all the BS. <laughs> You've almost yeah. been following <laughs> and you're just kind of like, Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, you're off. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I just, yeah. I don't even know. I think you've signed it up perfectly. <laughs> I will <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, this is something that I remind myself all the time too, right? It's not just talking about it. I do remind myself of these of these things as well. And I think yeah, that shows people like we're well, human beings. We're all figuring this out. Well, just having this yeah. journey, so just absolutely. I mean, I think your your life is the perfect example. You've done so many. You've had so many different, I guess, careers or lives or whatever you want to call it. But I think it's that that openness to something new. That openness to try is is really what's what's going to help you grow as a person. And I mean, I think about it now. Like, to be honest, I haven't been employed all year. <laughs> I'm on a, I'm on a tourist visa. I'm not allowed to work, right. you know. And I think for a lot of people that would that would scare people. Like I I know for me definitely when I was younger, like this prospect of being unemployed, being financially precarious, um, you know, because we're just we we we're sucked into the system of like of capitalism of like we always have to work. <laughs> and to be honest the fact that I haven't worked all year in terms of, I guess, making money, I've had more time to work on the things that are actually important to me in my life. Mm -hmm. Like actually getting the chance to, so I want to do a PhD, but never having had that chance before to actually like read the books I want to read, to think critically about the issues that matter to me, um, to, to have, I guess, just the capacity every day to meditate, to do yoga, all of these things, to go for hikes, all of these things mm -hmm. that I think in a, it was, it was just like a, a, a sign, like a universal blessing me going, you know, you actually need the time to figure out your shit. <laughs> and uh, here it is. Here's the time. Here's, here's this pandemic where no one's allowed to go anywhere uh, and you're forced to really spend time with yourself and, and reevaluate, like, what is what is actually meaningful to me in my life? That was, and I think that was just a nice little blessing from the universe. Absolutely. Last year, I was saying this all year long. I was like, this is amazing because people are going to have to sit <laughs> shit. And like, I was like, this is wild times. Like, it's like the universe put you in a timeout. It was like, listen. Yeah, I'm tired of you running from me, so I'm gonna lock you in here, <laughs> and you're gonna sit with your shit. I I was seriously all last year. I was like, this is amazing. Like I love this. Of I course, love a lot, it. So a lot of stuff came up that a lot of people, unfortunately, weren't ready to to deal with. You know. Yeah. So there yeah. was that yeah. side of it as well. well. There was a lot of people whose lives completely, you know, because they didn't. I think they weren't ready for it. Yeah, I think the fact that um, 
I think that we're kind of coming out of it now. I feel like I think what saddens me actually is that sometimes I feel like we haven't quite taken on those lessons. You know, we were given this opportunity to, to really reflect upon like what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be having a connection with people when you have no connections where you're basically cut off from seeing physically other people in your life how do you actually you know embrace connect human connectivity how do you you know consider how what makes you human at the end of the day and now that we're kind of opening back up people are kind of just jumping back onto what was normal before you know there's always this rhetoric of like oh, i just want life to go back to normal how can life go back to normal when there's just been a massive like <laughs> world shift why do you want it to go back yeah, to normal like, were you, you really happy <laughs> were you really that happy like were you really that happy nine to five every day you know, ha like not having the freedom. I think we have so much more mobility now. You know, workplaces are embracing this idea of working remotely. People are, you know, because of last year, have had to go do entrepreneurial things that actually really call to them. And now we just want to go back to the way things work. Like it just, yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I agree with you on this too. <laughs> sure. No, I totally agree with you. Uh, wow, you brought up so many great points. Damn, I'm trying to figure out which one. Because there was one that you said, oh, I want to go deeper in this. And now I'm like, damn, she brought up so many other ones. Now I'm like, there's so many. <laughs> no, but yeah. I mean, the universe is a teacher. There's so many good lessons every, every freaking day. <laughs> well, it's like you said, right? Like every moment, it's like everything is your teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Every moment, every experience, it, it is your teacher if you're present and you're paying attention. Yeah, if you're, uh, that's the important part, if you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us don't want to pay attention. It's, it's hard. It actually takes mental energy, surprisingly. And people, you know, they, they, they think like, oh, I put so much energy already in keeping myself physically fit. My energy goes towards, you know, taking care of my family or my my friends mm -hmm. um and then we get to this point of like we just don't feel like we value ourselves enough to give energy to ourselves but it's like you said it's a muscle mm -hmm. if we're not taking time to train that muscle of of awareness then we lose it mm -hmm. and that's when we start to feel actually disconnected i think and compassion i think it's the muscle of compassion and awareness we mm -hmm. forget often that compassion actually at least so in I guess in in, in the way I look at the world the, the things that I've learned through various teachers is that they always go hand in hand once you start to be aware that there's no way you can be in the world except be compassionate mm -hmm. oh so, that's so yeah. beautifully put I love that mm -hmm. I love that because wow when you talk about awareness this is something that comes up in my um, my mentorship a lot, just to become aware, to become aware. And clearly when I speak, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I say this a lot, to be present, to pay attention, and to mm -hmm. be aware. Um, and I realized there's been a pattern that I started realizing that when that awareness comes, like you were saying before, that people don't want to pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. Avoiding mm -hmm. certain things that sometimes they see it, like they catch it, but then it's like, 
you you know the passion part is not there where they can have um yeah. compassion for themselves with yes. them being scared being afraid and going this is too scary i can't deal with this like whatever the the beliefs that come up are instead of having compassion for themselves they go to that that dark place they go to that place of like i'm not worthy i'm not enough yeah. or i'll never be enough or this yeah. sense or you know yeah yeah and it goes back i think full circle to what we were just talking about you know having this this superficial definition of success or this superficial def definition of what it means to fail like you set a goal for yourself you must achieve that that's our definition of success not our personally but yeah. the definition that we get taught by society but you know when we actually start to unpack that and you you if you give yourself the space to go on that journey then you start to become aware of the little lessons that you learned. And even if you don't achieve the goal per se, you actually find yourself becoming a better person or becoming a more compassionate person to yourself and to others. Mm. And that's, I think, what, what it's all about at the end of the day. <laughs> that's it. Beautiful. Definitely agree. Mm. Definitely agree. And even on the topic of success, this is something that, I, I love to dissect this word. I love to ask people's definition of this word because it's fascinating to me. How, <laughs> it's fascinating to me to see how even when we talk about success in the sense of like the global definition, the global meaning of this word, it's almost like a competition, right? You're you're looking at yourself mm -hmm. against somebody else. So you're looking at yourself mm -hmm. against like certain idea of even yourself, you know, mm -hmm. instead of just like just you know, so you briefly mm -hmm. mentioned it, but your idea of success, can you go a little deeper into that? Oh, my definition of success is, I think, is, is, is really actually, it's actually very, um, I think, immediate. My definition of success, I think, is rooted in feeling fulfilled in my relationships with people in life that's it that's like the i think the only definition of success i have if i you know yeah if i if i i think so if i think in the workplace if i you know am succeeding i guess in terms of like metrics or whatever you know i'm i'm um got a good salary where I'm producing like this number of products, I won't actually feel like I'm successful until I feel like I have good relationships with the people I'm working with. Wow. I, I really, I actually generally don't think I would feel happy and successful until I feel like, you know, as a team, we all like are comfortable with each other. We all, you know, respect each other. There's dignity in the workplace. Uh, and I think it's the same in terms of, I guess, if I think about, um, I don't know what else. Like, it, I, I can't think of any other <laughs> example at the moment. But with my, I guess, my partner, I guess, if you think of, like, successful relationship. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess before, I never really understood that the successful relationship was just a sense of, intimacy and comfort like that seems really benign but no. <laughs> you know I think people <laughs> people define <laughs> sorry I can't just climb onto my roof 
Scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Mimi. Okay. Um, but that's it. I think that's really my definition of success. I don't know. Um, I, sorry, I just saw a comment here. This is why I, I do it. <laughs> the person Aww. was commenting on our smiles. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, thank you, Angie. Such a sweetheart. Thank you. <laughs> I can't see your name. Thank you, Angie. <laughs> but wow, no, I love that definition of success. And wow, that's so, oh, that just, oh, it's like a hug. It felt like a hug. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was beautiful. <laughs> Seriously, that was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's, it's, it hugs me too. Because <laughs> then. That way I don't put so much pressure on myself um, for, oh, sorry, my cat wants to come in. That's why she jumped on the roof. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I just, I think that's why I don't put too much pressure on myself. Oh, my door is locked. There we go. Sorry, Mimi. Sorry, come on in, Mimi. I don't know if you can see her. No. She's a, a black cat. Oh. <laughs> old panther that we uh we we basically found her in our our garden um because we went on holiday for a few weeks and then we came back and she had basically set up our garden as her new home and we were like we have to take her in <laughs> we have to she is so sweet she's just oh and this country has a really bad reputation of um killing kind of wild animals really so things that aren't yeah it's it's really bad like if if it's not native to australia so things like cats uh, different types of plants they'll go really into like biological warfare so we knew if we brought her to the shelter uh, because she's feral because she's wild she wouldn't be able to have a good home because nobody would want to adopt her like she's not really domesticated you know yeah. she's not cuddly she's she's not like you know she doesn't purr all the time but she's still a cat like she's she's a living wonderful god created or nature created being and she deserves to be happy so yeah we took her in <laughs> yeah and that was success that's my definition of success like yes. you know she's not domesticated like we we can't pat her yeah. but i guess we i would say we successfully have um bonded with her i don't know if you could call that success but we have a relationship with her and it's beautiful and i wouldn't give it up for anything so yeah oh, another hug that felt like another hug <laughs> i honestly i love i love the definition of success and i love that yeah that is so it's so pure it's just so pure like, mm -hmm. just pure <laughs> do you feel like like have you always had these these thought process or do you feel like just the past mm. few years with everything you've been experiencing that is bringing that out more and more I think I would say I didn't have the chance to realize um, my definition of success until the last few years but I can say that before I embarked on this journey I was deeply unhappy with my life uh, well, not deeply. Like I was, there's there's happy moments, you know. I yeah. I, I was again blessed to have good friendships, um, lived in a in a really vibrant city. All of these things, 
but I guess there I felt there's this this again superimposed definition of success on me that I had to you know climb the corporate ladder I had to you know by the time I'm 30 I had to have you know held a senior position in some firm or something like that mm-hmm. and it was honestly not what I felt was right for my life like I thought I felt it was slowly going to make me resentful of my life and that's when I kind of decided okay I need to try something that I guess really gives me that chance to unpack what success means for me you know and you you look at my resume and I've had just precarious jobs after precarious job but each one of those jobs have been so meaningful to me personally that I would say I succeeded in any every one of those jobs mm-hmm. every single one of them you know and mm-hmm. so yeah I think you're it, it was just again this 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 no this the sense in me that if I didn't pay attention to I went okay no success really means I have to continue to be promoted that I would never have felt successful versus if I you know the fact that I was cultivating an awareness of what what was coming up inside of me that I was like okay I need to give that space to unfurl and and come up naturally so yeah good question Shiva (laughs) (laughs) what does success mean for you (laughs) for me yeah. For me, okay. Yeah, oh. now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> Nobody else has switched it around on me yet, so that's unexpected. <laughs> um, yeah, when I think of success, I think of success. For me, it's always tied to liberation. It's always tied to freedom. Mm. I think having that freedom, whatever that looks and feels like to you, being able to mm. have that, to me, that's, yeah. that's success. And it doesn't have to look like what it looks like for somebody else right yeah feel Mm -hmm. like what you think it should feel like because somebody else told you this is how it should feel like but it's more about that journey within yourself and the life that you're living and having that freedom again whatever that looks like to you to me that's somebody's living in the middle of the desert and they wake up and they're you know they love their life they're doing things that like makes them passionate to me that there is a success to me yeah (laughs) you know to me that's yeah absolutely I think it's um but you're right it is about that 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 liberation that freedom that we don't give ourselves to actually really question you know what how we want our life to look like yeah and if we give ourselves the space to do it it just comes up to us naturally I think always yep exactly yeah exactly um so i can like a lot of the things that you say i resonate with because i've gone through the the same process and then just like with the jobs and um i was working corporate in toronto as well and when i decided Mm. i was gonna start modeling on the side like i'm five four like (laughs) you know like okay but it ended up working really well to the point that from a monetary perspective i was getting paid more doing freelance modeling than like my corporate job so I was like yeah I think I'm gonna quit I think I'm just gonna follow this and of course my friends like my my close friends my loved ones they had their reservations but they were like 
um you know you've always had weird ideas yeah. but come on like <laughs> yeah um, yeah so i'm curious when you started to kind of follow the shifts within your life and started to do things differently how were the people in your life like how were their reactions yeah well the the biggest pushback i got was from my parents um and you know they're they've kind of they've reconciled it now um they've reconciled that there's no way somehow i don't i think to them they think i'm some sort of freak daughter they're like this daughter of ours does not actually seem to have been raised by us <laughs> and she has all these crazy ideas <laughs> she's constantly like traveling the world <laughs> she can't hold a job <laughs> but, but you know like I think it's really because they raised me to um to think for myself um and so I've got to I've actually you know I'm very they've got to have pride in how they raised me because um really it's really who they are their strong personalities is actually what comes out in me as well I think even though you know I have a lifestyle that I think they never wanted for me yeah. because they have a very immigrant you know mindset like they came to Canada from China from communist China um, you know they work their ass off their entire lives to um, to put food on the table you know my dad you know struggled through university in Canada um, just so he could you know could could be could make something of, of himself right mm -hmm. and so when I you know they were they always said that same thing to me you've always just kind of I guess have to play by their rules mm -hmm. um, and so when I told them I'm going to quit my corporate job <laughs> that I worked so hard for and that you guys you know paid for my tuition for <laughs> um, that basically helped me establish myself um, that I'm going to go to a foreign country uh, where I have no citizenship rights and try to start from scratch. They lost their minds. Like they were yelling at me. Yeah. We had like a five hour fight that day and I knew it. Like <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so I had to like mentally prep myself for like, this is going to, this is going to really be controversial for my parents. Um, but I think again, I guess, over time or you know they really reconciled with the fact that this is what's going to make her happy and at the end of the day that's all you want your child to be is happy mm -hmm. so again you know for them they also had to unpack um their definition of success mm -hmm. right they also had to unpack what does it mean for my daughter to be successful well it's actually she's happy yeah and so, yeah, I think, I mean, my friends were like, cool, yeah. you're doing the cool nomad thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go backpack, that's so cool. I'm like, sure, whatever. <laughs> but it was really, I guess, just, yeah, the, the, I, and in some ways it was the most difficult conversation to have. It was the conversation that I waited almost till the end. Like I had my visa already. I basically gave them no choice but to, but to be like, okay, our daughter's doing this because I knew it's gonna be hard. It was gonna be gut wrenching for them. It was gonna be gut wrenching for me. I you know, I couldn't even know at the end of that conversation if they would ever like accept me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that they I guess have come along on this journey with me, um and they're still here like they're 
they're they're thrilled that I've done this. They're they're happy that I've been able to make a good life for myself here, yeah. you know. And they said to me, if you want to stay in Australia for the rest of your life, go for it. Yeah. But of course, now I'm coming back to Canada, so <laughs> they also must have foreseen that because <laughs> they're happy too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That's really it's really amazing that they they were able to come around and really just go, okay, well, she's gonna do it anyway, so we might as well just yeah. get on board. <laughs> Knowing that they have yeah, I gave them no choice. It's really terrible. <laughs> Yeah, strategic and conniving on my part, but yeah, I mean, I I I respect them a lot, so I don't I didn't want to break their hearts, and I knew in some ways that it would break their heart a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm really happy that they were able to come around. Yeah, so, I think yeah. as children of immigrants, and I'm an immigrant myself, so um, it's difficult sometimes to navigate being an aware person you know like our mm-hmm. generation we, we grew up with technology we grew up different than our parents or our grandparents generations where we know more mm-hmm. things that we have access to more more knowledge we have access to more people more connection so we're able to kind of not just see you know that just the box and like this is the only path this mm-hmm. is all time, but we're able to even a conversation like this you know, we're able to have mm-hmm. these conversations openly. We're able to, mm-hmm. for other people to join the conversations with us. We're able to do this where mm-hmm. our parents and our grandparents didn't have the opportunity. They didn't get to yeah. have that. They didn't have the privilege to. And a lot of our stories, yeah. you know. So I think it's beautiful that we do have people. Like my mom, my mom's a, she's a rebel. She has been a rebel. So thankfully, I didn't have to do. <laughs> she, she's always on board with my crazy ideas. And I'm very blessed for this. And I know how blessed I am <laughs> this. But, you know, there are people around me. Say the situation that's happening now where a lot of the mandates of the pandemic is, is still happening. Like there's still lockdown. There's new rules and laws coming out. Yeah. And a lot of people are moving out of their countries. A lot of people are finding other places to live. And they're yeah. having similar conversations like you had with your parents. And yeah. it's very interesting to me because we're in Mexico right now because we had um, a couple friends that we know from Montreal. So they came here for a month in January with their three kids. Oh, yeah. And then they decided, we don't want to go back to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> So they've been here since January with their three kids. Wow. They're opening That's up. That's so cool. They're, they, had a, they have businesses in, Mo- in Montreal. So they were able to delegate. They were able to, I guess, other people uh, together right now. And now they're here. Yeah. They're opening up businesses here. And they realize their yeah. life in Canada just wasn't working for them anymore. So they had yeah. conversation with their parents, right? And their, yeah. their Haitian origin as well. So I was like, whew. <laughs> from like a tradition. Yeah, how did that go for them? They still, you know, they still have frictions. They still have those tough yeah. parents now, but they've come around, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. this is the thing that I'm seeing too, that like, they do come around. They do come yeah. around because they, there's something yeah. in them that most likely, you know, they wanted to kind of move away from the path as well. They had that long yeah. thought. They didn't follow it. You know, because yeah, you gotta, yeah. gotta follow this path. But for sure, yeah. I felt that too. For sure. And now I mean, if somebody, our parents were like the original rebels, <laughs> you <laughs> so know? I knew my mom was. Listen, like the story <laughs> I heard about this woman, I'm like, 
they need to know certain things. Yeah, I know, so I, know I know a little bit of your mom, but, and she's, she seems really cool. <laughs> she seems pretty freaking sure, cool. She was a rebel, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, like my, I think about the life my, my parents had, mm-hmm. and I think they, they, they knew in some way that they, um, they wanted better for their kids. They just yeah. didn't imagine what that better would look like, right? They didn't imagine... I guess all the freedom or the liberties that that would have happened, but they were the initial rebels that charged that path for us. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to we have to do our justice mm-hmm. and and actually, I guess, achieve that dream for them. Yeah, you know, like your mom was a rebel. My mom and her, you know, my dad, my dad more so in his own way, yeah. getting out of China, well, yeah, you know, exactly. knowing that he. <laughs> That's have a better life for a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it is. Yeah. But it's it is nice when I guess our that generational gap gets a little bit um closed mm-hmm. just from having conversations with, with your parents or your grandparents, you know? Yeah. So and so yeah. much healing too. Like generational yeah. healing. We're yeah. We are the ones who choose to follow whatever it is that's calling us, you know, which yeah. we choose to allow the shifts to transform our lives and follow whatever it is, again, that's calling us. We're almost being the example or the evidence for them to see that and allow them to yeah. heal from their trauma. And I think yeah. that's beautiful. That's such a good point. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point because, you know, why else would they have, you know, struggled so much and have experienced so much struf- str- or strife? Sorry, I was trying to say strife and suffering at the same time. <laughs> it came out <laughs> strife and suffering. Um, if not, you know, to to actually give the opportunity for the next generation, and the yeah. fact that you know we're actually able to materialize that, it yeah. does give them a sense of okay, all of that suffering and all of that sacrifice had a purpose. Yeah, deep down. Um, there's this. There's some really uh, lovely indigenous worldviews that um, you know we're starting to, like my partner and I are really trying to kind of start to f- embed into our thinking yeah. for this idea that you never think about an action as singular, like generational. It's always multi generational. Mm-hmm. So you always think about what did your grandparents do to help put you on this path and then what are you going to do on this path so that your kids have or your or you know future children of this world have the opportunity to better themselves or live a better life or live in a better world that sort of stuff and it's Uh, it does make you (laughs) i know it's beautiful (laughs) it's so beautiful i know see now you're gonna make me cry (laughs) Don't make me cry. That's the one thing I said. I didn't want to cry during this talk. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. Or just, we're, we're not, you know, just single people traveling in our journeys. We're people together, mm. moving, working with the shifts of the world. Um, trying to create new grooves into you know the the cement just we've just got to keep I guess 
progressing in a way that feels right for us, knowing that what feels right for us, hopefully will also be right for the next generation. So, yeah. Uh, does also give me chills. <laughs> oh, seriously. Me too. Yeah. Wow, that was so beautiful. I love, I love this. I love the vibe. I love that we're talking like this. It's so unexpected. This is what I was saying. I want it to be like an organic conversation where we can just talk. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. that I reach out to, they're like, oh, I'm so nervous and this. And I'm like, we're just going to talk and see what comes up. And most of these people wow. I've met before or I like, have spoken to online. So they already know I'm not yeah. going to do the surface thing, right? So yeah yeah we dove like right in we're like boom let's go yeah i think i might be deprived personally because i've been locked down for four months so i think this is my i I was like i can have a deep chat with somebody (laughs) have a chat with like the guy at the grocery store you know about what laundry detergent i've bought (laughs) but yeah so thank you for this is a really great opportunity no, thank you for saying yes. Oh. Thank you. Um, it's so funny that you mentioned this. So my, my middle sister, she moved to New Brunswick last year. So oh, cool. middle of everything. And yeah. she, she had such a tough time. So she's actually in Montreal right now. Because she, ah, okay. she, be... she couldn't do it because she, they were, obviously there were lockdowns going on over there too. But uh, yeah. she, place, she didn't know anybody and she felt like, her mental health, according to her, her mental health has always been good. <laughs> has always right, been yeah. Point. But she said she <laughs> felt like her mental health was declining to the point that she yeah. like, like, I'm scared. I'm really scared that. Wow. Yeah, which was so... That's so scary. It, it was very scary because, you know, like, she really felt so alone. And this is something yeah. that doesn't necessarily like being alone. Again, we're talking about yeah. people have to, like, sit with themselves but she also went through a huge spiritual awakening ah interesting yeah which is the other part that was like i mean this is amazing this is the part where i'm like this is great people are doing this (laughs) you know when i think of things like that she was alone for so long by herself and going through you know her own stuff that wow yeah right completely opened the floodgates of like what is life? What is the meaning of life? What, <laughs> like, deeper truths of, like, just what the freak is going on? And then be yeah. more aware of herself, her traumas, her limiting beliefs, all the stuff that she held on that most weren't even her own. You know, all of these. Yeah, things. yeah. Yeah, so that was... That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's so cool. I think it's... <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I love hearing stories like, like this, because I think it just, uh, it justifies why we need that much alone time. Um, and the fact that, you know, people were forced into spending time by themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also makes me think about how, I guess, suffering is um, a lot of the times a great motivator in our in our lives you know i mean i'm 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 if i feel bad that your sister went through this dark period where she was you know mentally unwell and feeling very isolated but you know from that she was able to i think find us a source of resilience Mm -hmm. and i guess take control of her life Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. um because i think the same thing happened to me so the other i guess going back 
way back into my journey um, before moving to Australia was, um, I guess, the year or two before I made the move or before I decided to make the move. Um, I had two personal tragedies in my life. Um, I had a friend from college um, who suicided. So, and he, and I was one of the few people he actually talked to, and told that he was feeling suicidal. And it got to this point where I just didn't know what to do anymore. Um, and then another friend a year before, um, who died in a in a car accident overseas. So he had moved away from Toronto, um, and just suddenly, you know, one day he was there and the next day he wasn't in both of those two incidences I think made me really aware of how fragile life is mm. and it just made me go it made me feel empowered like I needed to take control of my life I, I, I needed to feel like I was doing things that were worthwhile you know because if you don't then yeah, then you then you just you I don't know dishonor the suffering. Like we're not using the suffering as a teacher. Mm -hmm. We're just letting the suffering consume us instead of trying to turn it into something that could actually be beneficial for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well first of all I'm I'm really sorry for your loss and what you said about suffering, I, and this is a pattern that I've noticed as well when when you talk to somebody about spiritual awakening, it usually, that shift, right? That inner shift, it usually starts mm. with something tragic that almost mm. takes us to the point that we're like, whoa, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah. I can definitely what is, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we actually, I, I think in some ways it forces us to ask the questions. Again, it's like a, it's like a forced pause on our, on our, on our lives. Right. of you know where we can start to ask ourselves like what is the meaning of life what is the meaning of being human what is the meaning of my life what do I want it to look like and with that you actually then you know start to develop that awareness and have that opportunity to have a spiritual awakening or a liberation or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. have a shift um, but you do need that I guess I think that force pause and I guess this is just the whole purpose of it, of, of these talks of like, you know, reflecting upon what are the forced pauses in our life yeah. <laughs> and how do we actually make, make good use of them? I think. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That's wow. That's so cool that you realize that, that you were able to see that and, and take mm -hmm. those, those shifts to take those tragedies and, really look at it and go what the wow like life is really short mm -hmm. and be here today mm -hmm. and gone the next day like this is insane and mm -hmm. so for me for my 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 first so i call it my first because i've had numerous <laughs> numerous shows but my first one my first conscious one that i could think of was when i was 24 20, 24 25 was dealing with um the first miscarriage that i had at 19 that I completely mm -hmm. like shut down and didn't allow myself to even acknowledge it, wow. to feel it. Yeah. And yeah. really get into the point in my life where, and funny enough, it wasn't me that made the decision. I was dating somebody at the time. And he told me, he's like, yeah. you're like a zombie. Like every December, you're not yourself. You're a shell of yourself. 
you're not right wow whatever it is you're running from it's time for you to face it it's time for you to face it and yeah yeah that you know was like well okay yeah me thinking that i'm i'm hiding and nobody can see it nobody can feel it i was like wait so yeah you can you can see the pain in me like you can, you can actually see that pain that I'm yeah myself that i'm not in you can actually yeah. see yeah. it yeah absolutely you know wow what a great person to <laughs> told you that <laughs> <laughs> okay not someone in your life anymore i guess <laughs> well i mean <laughs> this was somebody i was with for a few years but very terminous relationship at the end but I yeah. do, I yeah. do honor and I respect the role that he had in my life and helping, helping that shift and pushing me to that edge of like, deal with your shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, sometimes we don't even, we don't. I guess you know, we don't know we need to deal with it until like we're told that we have to deal with it. It's I reflected. What I'm, what I'm trying. To... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to say is, I think. I also think that um, the universe has its own pace. And I imagine maybe at 19, mentally, physically, you couldn't actually deal with it. You know, it would have destroyed you inside. But a few years of, you know, maturity, a few years of like letting life teach you different lessons, you got to this point where like, okay, it's time for you to deal with this. You know, you've got you've got so much more to offer the world. Um, and that's, I guess, that's my ethos in life as well Is like, I'm not in a rush to make things materialize. Mm-hmm. I think that they just will um, when, when they're, when they're ready to, you know, like yeah. when my friend, my friends passed away, I, I cried for like three months straight and I wasn't in a rush to end that, but I was just like, you know, I've got to let this grief sit somewhere or else it's going to, if I repress it, if I don't, you know, I went to a therapist, we talked it over, you know, any feelings like guilt I had, all of these things. Um, And then at sort of like a three month mark, I just had this like revelation (laughs) sitting in the toilet. (laughs) That's a little TMI, but you know, (laughs) shifts happen at weird moments in your life. You got (laughs) to embrace it. I was on the toilet. (laughs) And I just had this um, awakening of like, okay, it doesn't matter how much I cry. Mm It doesn't matter how sorry I feel. What's happened has happened. And we've got to, you know, embrace life still as it exists. And that was it. That was when I was like, all right, (laughs) what can I change about my life? So I'm happy about it in 20 or 30 years. So, yeah. So also be aware of when your awakening is happening because it could be just the weirdest moments walking down the street, you know, brushing your teeth, yeah. just having a normal talk with a family friend. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean. So. There's so many opportunities. Opportunities are always presenting themselves and it's that awareness. Yeah. It's being able to cultivate <laughs> that awareness to pay attention to them. Because it's just yeah. talking to a stranger at the grocery store. That is like you're saying too, right? Yeah. But it's, it's like your teacher. It's just, every yeah. experience is, is like your teacher. Same thing. The, the, yeah. That teaching, that gift, that shift, that thing that, that nudges you or shoves you a little bit, sometimes shakes you awake. It's all yeah. Yeah. Like 
Yeah. And I think like it'll just keep on poking you until until you make that shift. I think that's the other important thing. Yep. If we if, you, <laughs> if you're not sure about it, you know, and you meditated on it and you just still can't see it, it's going to come back around. <laughs> it does. It just keeps going to poking at you louder and louder until you make you make the shift happen. Absolutely. That's what I'm always yeah. you know, just surrender to it and and allow yourself <laughs> to be transformed. <laughs> Because it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I love love this conversation. Um, Wow. We talked about pretty much, like, yeah, we talked about a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about. I kind of, like, weaved in there. That's amazing. Um, How do you show up? How do you show up for yourself right now? Like, how do Mm. you, yeah, like, how do you show up for yourself? like show up in terms of how do I be genuine with with myself Mm -hmm. okay um I think I think I I think it's kind of two things I think personally on my end if I um start to have sort of like embodied anxiety I know that I'm not showing up for myself like I'm not being genuine with myself enough um so I guess I'm lucky (laughs) but not it doesn't feel lucky at the time but um if I have insomnia like I get sometimes I get really bad sleepless nights um and it's just because there's something really unresolved like I'm not being genuine about myself about something Um, then I actually need to actually sit like I need I know that that's my body that's my mind telling me that I need to meditate I need to journal I need to you know talk to my partner I need to talk to a friend about this Um, and it's so it's sort of like my body is keeping myself in check in in a way (laughs) like it's I I guess like um, I think I don't know I've always just really been a sensitive person but I think it wasn't until I was a lot older that I really started to realize like these kind of sensitivities, these anxieties I'm feeling is actually sort of, you know, a message being being told to me and I need to actually take time to honor that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other way I think I'd be genuine with myself is, and I'm very lucky to have this, is my partner who just like, if I, if I, you know, he's, he's just there to call me out. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's, he's very, very, you know, open about like, that doesn't seem very, you know, you or that <laughs> if you're, if you're feeling upset about something, what's the root cause of that? Like, you know, he's, he's just always, I think, and he does this with such patience. And I think that's something that I know myself personally, I'm not good at giving myself patience. Yeah. So I think having that external, I guess, person there that can be very patient but also be very honest Mm -hmm. is 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 just actually what I need in my life Um, and we do it for each other I think that's why you know I value our relationship so much I think our relationship is a success because we we can be that sort of I guess mirror image but with a twist the more the more mirror than mirror (laughs) image of each other so it's um but yeah I guess that's 
that's how I do it or how it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. That's beautiful. I love that. I love Thank that. you. <laughs> and even earlier um, yeah. in the beginning when you mentioned just making sure that you have your meditation time, I think, you know, making sure like that's a practice that you know you need, like you know you need to do it, you know, it, it brings you back to yourself and making it a mm -hmm. priority. Okay, yeah. Because the time, so yeah. we know something's good for us, but then we're like, nah, we, you know, go back on it and like, nah, I'm good, like I don't need to. <laughs> but to be disciplined in that, knowing the benefits of it, you yeah, know, like far outweighs, you know, the discomfort maybe or whatever it is that comes up that yeah, from doing it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely keeps me grounded. I would be, I think, hopeless. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't, I honestly think my life would have fallen apart like billions of times if I didn't meditate. So um, if anyone's watching this, go meditate. <laughs> they will change your life. <laughs> or something, do something contemplative. <laughs> yeah, watch the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go for a run, go for a walk. Just something, yeah. Just something. Find find that something that gets you grounded, that reminds you, that brings you back to here. So you can see Yeah. I think also my pets do it in this weird way. Like That makes sense. I yeah, he they, so I have this small terrier dog. Um and he's he's so cute. Like I think he's the most adorable, of yeah, course. Because I'm a dog mom. He's just got this like weird, funny face. It's so cute. Um, but he, of course, you know, I guess he's very in the moment always. So like, if he has to smell a smell, he'll like stop me in the middle of like a walk, <laughs> and I'm like in my flow. You know, I'm like I just want to keep walking, and he stops me. And it's sort of like, that's the moment where I could either be like yanking on his collar, in which I do sometimes, to be honest, because I think that's a natural human response yeah. sometimes. But other times, it, I'm like, oh my God, okay, you want to stop. And that's also giving me an opportunity to just be in the moment with you, you know? Mm. You're enjoying the smell, I can enjoy the flowers. Like, he teaches me so much about being genuine in the moment yeah in like the most surprising way same with my cat like she's she's just so you know she doesn't show love in like i guess the conventional way because mm -hmm. she's kind of feral yeah. <laughs> but she does sweet things like she she needs her clothes and she um you know has a specific meow when she wants her attention <laughs> and she in in her way she's also showing how us how to be present like we're forced to listen to her we're forced to be with her same with my dog we're forced to be with them we're forced to be in the present moment with them and in those that sort of split second where i have that choice either either to ignore it or to be aware of it mm -hmm. is i think the shift this is a small shift that mm -hmm. you know over time i'm learning to kind of embrace a little bit more every single day mm -hmm yeah yeah so i used to be a nanny and like i have nephews have mm. nephews so um, being around kids <laughs> i always say kids and pets i always say for being around kids they they can be our like greatest teachers if you just watch kids just do their thing 
and just yeah, watching absolutely. them eyes just like work and being so present. If, like, if they're doing something, they're doing something. Like, yeah, thinking about yeah. what to eat later today, like, no, they're doing like whatever it is they're doing. And I think it's, yeah, there's such great examples. You're just like, hey, come back here. We're doing this. Like, this is what matters. This, only this. <laughs> Yeah, and they have such little self-doubt about themselves, like kids and, and animals. They just, they're like, I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, <laughs> and they have no care about the consequences. Because yeah. for them, it's the pure joy of being in that moment. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, it's so liberating when you actually think about it and when you actually embrace it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, God bless kids and pets because they're 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 the best teachers in the world <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely in nature yeah a tree's in nature oh it gosh does. like yeah. it's not gonna like ask you for permission <laughs> 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 but, yeah. no 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 <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's great that we're remembering this kind of stuff and we're going back to that because it is becoming mm-hmm. and I know a few years ago we're like oh it's like a trend you know like being mindful it's like a trend and i was like no no mm-hmm. it's the beginning because it's our natural state mm-hmm. we're just returning back mm-hmm. to that so i think it's really mm-hmm. more and more of us are realizing this you know like we're going mm-hmm. the rhythm of nature we're going the rhythm of life and just yeah like the shifts we're just like riding the waves and going like okay so this is what this mm-hmm. is yeah that's such a good point that um, if we actually truly be in nature, we start to become aware of, I guess, sort of the flow and the continuity of life. And there was something that mindfulness in the kind of the more Buddhist teachings, mm-hmm. I think it was, it's really actually in the language itself. The word doesn't mean like a state. Mm-hmm. It's not a state of mindfulness. You're not in a state of mindfulness. You're being mindful. Mm-hmm. So it's a process thing. Like it's, they really, their, their actual word for mindfulness emphasize this idea of like remembering, of being in the present, of being, you know, doing something. And I think again, that's what nature teaches us when we're in the, in in nature and there's constantly like life changing around us shifting if we're actually attuned to that we start to realize like holy shit that's just what life is <laughs> you know we shouldn't have to grasp for things or try to achieve things because you know sure the tree is trying to get taller but is it really thinking that's its ultimate goal no every second it's just like I want to be me. <laughs> I want to be closer yeah. to the sun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just like, oh, I've got to do something too. <laughs> so I've got to evolve. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it seems like a silly example, but yeah, you're right. Nature is uh, a, a being a, a great teacher. Sorry. A being in nature is a great teacher. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. <sighs> So much, so deep. I know this. I'm like, we. Oof, I like this. <laughs> so great. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about like what you're doing right now. You mentioned, I think you mentioned that you're getting a PhD. I think it, it is. It's in Buddhist. Buddhist yeah, like, it's going to be in Buddhist. Buddhist studies. Okay, yeah. That's so what I about. That's what I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um. I just wanted a little bit more about that. Like, what exactly is your thesis, or like, what is uh, like, what is? Uh... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, so my thesis itself is about, or I guess the topic itself is yeah. about um, gender violence in Buddhism. Um, and even though I'm all about, like, I, I really think Buddhist teachings have brought a lot of value into my life um, and for a lot of people's life. I'm also about shattering, you know, the norms of those institutions. And whether you want to like it or not, there definitely is gender violence. There's definitely gender inequality in Buddhist institutions. It's it's just it's something that can't be helped. You know, it's part of society. It, it evolves in a certain way. Um, and so my thesis is really about what are those religious discourses um, and also the cultural teachings that, you know, are embedded within Buddhist institutions, Buddhist religious teachings that speak to um, a devaluing of gender or sexuality. And how then can, how does that actually affect people, practitioners of Buddhism? Like, how does it show up for them? Does it, wow. you know, equate to, yeah, feeling like devalued? Um, the same sort of, I guess, I think the things that are, that happened in Catholicism, mm -hmm. you know, the, all that research that happened in Catholicism about how it actually oppresses marginalized voices, marginalized experiences also happens in Buddhism. It just doesn't get talked about as often because, you know, it's romanticized, you know, people don't really understand um, the religion that in depth, all of these things. I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, but yeah, my my thesis is basically like I want to bring attention to that because I think that it's it, it could be better <laughs> if, if we gave it um, the time and if we actually really investigated what's going on there. So, wow. That's yeah. So powerful. <laughs> that is so powerful. Talk about like shattering, you know, the conditionings and because it is, yeah. there are certain things that are just ingrained in culture and um, cultural and just, just systematic things. Just like it just is, right? And those are the yeah. things that people just kind of like upset because it just is. It's how things have always yeah. been done, how things always are. And we just, we keep it going. The more that we just kind of, look to the look the other way it continues to grow it continues to keep going so to be able to yeah that's such a beautiful religion like you said it is romanticized a lot to look at it and go like but there's also some dark parts of it that we need to acknowledge absolutely absolutely yeah and and i just think this is i also feel blessed because i don't think i had there was any space for this in buddhism until more recently until i guess you know of of me too of better kind of gender rights overall in the world you know women's movements overall have really brought this attention to um to these dark aspects of society or of, of dark aspects of institutions mm -hmm. and without all of that i wouldn't have the opportunity or the 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 space to actually do what i want to do you know I would be constantly, and I'm ready, like I know <laughs> other researchers in this field that, you know, they do have a lot of pushback. They do actually experience, you know, from from researchers, but also from the communities themselves, you know, they're, they're being told, like, why are you perpetuating these bad ideas about Buddhism? They're incorrect, yada, yada, yada. But 
that's, I guess, part of the journey of uncovering the truth. Like not everyone's going to be ready for it yet. You just have to believe in what, what you believe to be true, what you see to be true. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. And we see this theme in so many different aspects of life at the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. things are the dark side of things are being shown and a lot of people are resistant to that and they're going, no, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. exist. No, that's not true. You know, we're seeing so many different aspects of life right now. Mm-hmm. And I think because there's this misunderstanding of like, if you show the da- dark aspect, it for some reason suddenly negates the good aspects. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. You know, there's, <laughs> there's good things about Buddhism. Clearly, yeah. I, I practice it. <laughs> you know, I, I believe that there are good aspects to it. But just because there's good aspects doesn't mean that there's not dark aspects. And just because there's dark aspects doesn't mean that there's not any good anymore, that it negates the good. You have to kind of you know, learn to live with the two because that's also life mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, and the evolution of it too. The growth and the yeah. Of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that will be probably the next, like, 10 years of my life <laughs> on just this one idea. So, um, but I'm, I, I don't know, I'm very, I look forward to it. I think that's, um, that's when you know you've got something that you want to say mm-hmm. is when you're ready to commit like the rest of your life to it. <laughs> it's a movement, right? It is. That's what yeah. I see. I, I, there's so many movements. There's so many people that are following their passions and discovering things and breaking so many barriers. I actually talked about this earlier today in my post, but there's a lot of people mm-hmm. in the world that are doing this and mm-hmm. it lights me up because it's, it's so needed. It's so mm-hmm. needed as we realize mm-hmm. the way that things are set up right now, the way that things have always been set up, that we've just kind of kept it going. It's not inclusive. It doesn't, it's not the best for everybody involved. And not to say that, like, I know mm-hmm. what the answer to that is. Like, I have an idea where something could be good for everybody involved, but to leave that space open of trying to figure it out, of that evolution yeah. to improve that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're so right. I think, uh, you know, it's easy to to have this vision of what we want uh, something to be, but that we start to actually close ourselves off to us, to what other people are saying, you know, you've got to be actually able to challenge your yourself and to realize that like, where they're coming from is different, but it's just as authentic to them. And yeah, you're so right to 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 be aware of that even is I think a challenge for a lot of people. You know, I mean I see this, I don't I I I don't wanna rant, <laughs> but you know, I it is it is something that kind of irks me a little bit is I see people even in my profession of social work, which again has this, you know, image of being very accommodating very inclusive but then i see certain social workers perpetuate these like almost hateful ideas or at least shameful ideas like they're shaming other people and i'm like is that really the message that that you want the world to pick up right now in this world of divisiveness and judgment is that really more of the energy we want maybe we should actually try to understand 
you know, where those other people have come, are coming from. And it's often from a place of shame or hurt or fear. Mm-hmm. And if we don't give them time to work through that, if we don't try to help them on that journey, then there's really actually no hope, hope <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the world. So, yeah, I think it's so important to actually, you know, when something else, when a different idea or somebody else makes you uncomfortable, take time to unpack why you're uncomfortable. Is it actually that person themselves or is it because they're reflecting something within you that you haven't been able to sit with and reconcile? Mm. So, yeah. I love this. That was so amazing. And honestly, <laughs> with you, because yes, funny story, but I actually studied um, pre-community work and community work in Toronto. Yeah. I was on my way to become a social worker. And all yeah, of the, right. But first off, I realized I'm super sensitive. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> Can I? No, I know what this? you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> But also learning more about all of the red tapes involved and all of the the things that like I wasn't allowed to do and all the things that mm. templates that you kind of like have to follow because yeah it didn't sit well with yeah. me. This is why I decided not to continue on that path because it just didn't sit well with me. Wow. Yeah. So it's yeah. Me. No, I. It's so interesting because I actually had bit of a similar experience with my social work education um, in that it was like it was very clinical based and it didn't sit well with me I, I was like how can there just be one way of helping people you know what I mean yep exactly <laughs> and yeah you know exactly what I mean <laughs> so yeah I think yeah no it's you, I also went through this weird phase where like I felt a bit of a misfit in my social work class because I was like I don't want to be that regular counselor like it's just not me I wanted to do things more macro I wanted to do things you know a bit not alternative but like things that just I knew I feel like were actually more me (laughs) you know yeah so yeah yeah definitely can definitely wait and also like i said I, w- I was super sensitive so i would cry a lot because oh and i was like yeah i definitely can't do this <laughs> oh i know i know i mean like i cry watching the news <laughs> every day <laughs> i know it's You're definitely it's tough <laughs> for doing the work that you do <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I missed that. You're definitely talking for being in that field and doing the work that you do while being a very sensitive person because, like, I said, yeah. I had to tap out. I was like, yeah, no, not for me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that you did because, yeah. like, you know, I, I think if you weren't honest with yourself and actually went down that career path, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be like the person. And there's, there's actually so much in social work too that kind of. Um, trivializes that you know what I mean like people like like joke all the time about like my self-care is the bottle of wine every night I'm like how is that healthy (laughs) holy shit you should really rethink your life if that's if that's what you think self-care is 
so it's so not healthy you know i mean it's wrong it's wrong to for me i feel bad for judging but i do think like you gotta call out some bullshit when you see it like you know and it's not for everybody and if it's if it is if it is your calling then i think just figure out a way to do it in a way that is actually sustainable and not going to be harmful for your your soul Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and honestly i learned so much from that phase in my life that i still see Mm. the effects of it with my coaching or even just like my everyday interaction with people i'm always that person who tries to see the other person's point of view and i just focus on my Mm. own to look at the situation from like a bird's eye point of view and i know it's from Mm -hmm. that it's from that training is from that it is like being in school yeah all of these things i'm able to have so much more compassion too for a lot of the groups you know like the homeless and i'm able to truly or people that deal with like addiction i'm able to see them in a way that maybe the regular person wouldn't be able to see them yeah yeah it is true it it has been fundamentally eye-opening to to have that social work education um and but again like like you said you don't you know don't use it in the conventional way um and i don't either like i don't think people think you know policy or research is the conventional path for a social work education but it is as long as i think the goal at the end of the day is to bring compassion into the world so yeah, yeah. social work <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that so- <laughs> I have a I have a date night I need to get to <laughs> completely because I just look at the time and I'm like oof. <laughs> but it's just, okay, I knew I was like, oh, people must have better things to do on a Friday night. No, honestly, I'm such a homebody. I'm I'm, I'm homebody. Like I love being at home. I love just like being in my little cave. And I think this is when I go out. I'm so like like I try to connect with like really connect with people. And my energy, yeah. when I come home, I feel like it refills my energy. So I love being home. I love being like, yeah, okay, like yes. And then go out and like <laughs> <laughs> give the energy away. <laughs> You're like a classic introvert. Classic yeah. introvert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Most people don't see that. Most uh-huh. people see. I don't know if you know much about astrology, but I'm a Leo rising. So most people think, uh, okay because they're like, yeah, but like we like attention. I'm a Leo rising too. See, so people think we're like, yeah, yeah. they're so good on camera. They're so like, you know, they yeah. have reality, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, I know what us. you mean. And then underneath, you're just like, I really just want to go home. <laughs> and it's like, exactly. I just want to be in my dark corner journal. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So you're a Leo rising, but Cancer? No, Aquarius. I'm Aquarius Sun, Cancer Moon, Leo Rising. Uh, oh my god, so much a concert. I'm Cancer Moon, Scorpio Sign, but Leo Rising. Oh. So, I'm totally uh, That's cool. Okay. okay. That's why we're the same, same, but different. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I love it. All right, well, I'll let you get to your date night. Okay. And <laughs> I just have uh, one more question for you, actually. Um, Oh, sure. So okay. how do you want people, when people come across your work or people come across you, like, in person or whatever, like, how do you want people to engage with you? Or what do you want people to take away from interacting with you? Um, 
I want people to feel challenged, but in a nice way. <laughs> like, I, I think I've, um, I've never been one to shy away from my uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I also never want someone to walk away feeling like uh, they're, they're shit. <laughs> I never want them to actually think that they're doing something wrong with their life or they're, you know, that they're unhappy. I want them to actually come away thinking like their perspectives opened up a little bit. Yeah. And that they have maybe an opportunity to reflect or to change. um, But that really, that those tools are in their hands Mm. and that it's not something for me to do or for anyone else to do that it's all just them (laughs) if they're open to it so yeah I'm just there to you know I think that's it that's that's what I guess I think what I think about a good teacher is Mm. is that they're never there to like pontificate they're always there just to show or model or guide a different way of being Mm -hmm. you know so if I could do that for like one person with my work or with who I am then that would make me feel successful happy (laughs) all of those things so yeah Yeah. that's a beautiful answer I love that I love it and I think (laughs) thank you I think you are influencing people that you you are you're just leading by example but just the way that you live your life and how open you are to to talk about these things and even this conversation being open to having conversations like this like yeah and I'm I'm hopeful that it will fall on the right ears well I'm hopeful I I mean I'm very again I've said this many times but I think you're doing a great job having these little conversations and putting you know your vibe your message i was watching the the other one of you and your childhood friend the other day and i was like oh my god the energy is so great (laughs) i love their energy (laughs) so just the two of you you know you and another person every single you know day putting out a different vibe in the world is great thank you thank you again thank you for being open and saying yes i so appreciate that and i so appreciate you following your shifts and just being who you are awesome thank you i'm just gonna (laughs) scroll too and see if anybody oh here danny show and model through authenticity exactly yes yes what is going on love that (laughs) it happens it happens Oh, this was amazing. Again, thank you so much for... What the fuck is going on? Sorry, I just got that. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's going. It happens. You know what? One time I went live and I was doing, I was doing like a tapping thing. Pretty sure it was a tapping session. And somebody came up with uh, a really sexual comment. And I was just kind of like, ooh. Oh, God. So I didn't go live for like months after that. Because I was like, oh, mm, no. I don't want that to happen again. But I said, yeah. I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh you poor girl <laughs> oh yeah it happened <laughs> yeah um so oh, we just okay. end this off see if anybody has any questions or anything comments i think i think we're good yeah i think we're good jane jade cool. it was amazing to speak with you it's been a very long Likewise. time since i've seen you I've, 
And, yeah. And we met one time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kept in touch. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's weird. You know what? I think when you find someone you're like, I could connect with this person. It doesn't matter where they go in life. You're like, I want to stay in touch. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, I was like <laughs> five years ago. Pretty sure it was about five years ago. And we just kind of. I think so. Out. In Toronto. When, the last time we were both in Toronto. Yeah. Whenever that was. <laughs> yeah. <but. laughs> so funny. A so, different life ago. Oh my goodness. It definitely feels like it. Definitely. <laughs> uh, thank you again. Um, if you have any links, anything you want to share, let me know. I know you just did a conference. I don't know if the link is still active. But I would love. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I will. I will share that. That's coming up. <laughs> Don't remind me about that. Oh, it's coming up. It's That's coming. what I'm actually nervous about. <laughs> what is it? Um, eighth of November. Okay, so it was November. I wasn't sure if it was October yeah. or November. So it is November. It was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so coming up. I know yeah. before that, so I should be getting an email hopefully to remind. Yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah. You'll get a reminder. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you again. Cool. And, um, Thank you. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, okay. we will see you around, I hope. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>